Thank you for tuning in today. I'm Dr. D.Z. Cofield, Senior Pastor at the Good Oak Missionary Baptist Church, and I want to welcome you to our offering of worship today. You are listening to a church that is committed to helping you become the best that you can possibly be. You're not watching to make us a big church or to make me a big preacher. We are here to help you become the biggest and best Christian that you can possibly be. We're committed to loving God, loving all people, and changing the world, and we are here to inform your head, inspire your heart, and encourage your spirit to be all that God wants you to be. Man, we're in the midst of a tremendously challenging time. Global grief is hitting the entire world. We're dealing with the manifestations and the reality of racism like never before in our country. And now we have a resurgence of COVID-19. But in the midst of it all, I want you to know God is still on the throne. He is still the source of our strength and the source of our life. And we want to give him the glory and the praise on this day. Our scripture reading comes from Psalm 16, beginning at verse 8. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth and to encourage others to worship you. God, help us to recalibrate our lives, to reset our lives in the midst of all that's going on to make sure that you are the center of all that we do because it's in you that we are to live, move, and have our being. So we give you the glory now and we ask you to bless as only you can. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Those of you who are streaming with us, man, like us, share us, start a watch party, do your thing in the name of the Lord. Let your friends and family know there's never been a better time for hope. Come on, let's give God some praise today. Put your hands together wherever you are. Let's give God the glory. Let's give him the honor for all he's done. Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, wherever you are, put your hands together. Let's give God praise. Because he is worthy of our praise, we will bless him. We will honor him. We will give him all of the glory that he rightly deserves. Come on, everybody. Say, I will. I will. Praise your name. Praise your name today. today. I will sing and shout again. Tell the world about it. I will praise your name. Come on, one more time. Oh, I will praise your name. 
Jesus, we thank you, O oh God, for this day. 
We thank you for being our author and finisher of the faith, of our faith, and that you make ways, ways out of no ways, over hills, through the valleys, around the mountains. You make ways, oh God, ways that we cannot see. We just want to say thank you. Standing here, not knowing how we'll get through this test, but holding on to faith you know best, and nothing can catch you by surprise. You've got this figured out, and you're watching us now. And when it looks as if we can't win You wrap us in your arms and step in And everything we need you supply You've got this in control And now we know that you made a way when our backs were against the wall And it looked as if it was over Lord, you made a way And we're standing here Only because you made a way
against the wall and it looked as if it was over Lord you made a way and we're standing here Thank God for the grace of God. Uh, Sister Clark, good morning to you. And Sister Broussard, uh, thank you all so much. Sister Tyson, thank you all for the well wishes. Sister King, Sister Chambers, uh, brother and sister Seals. Uh, today, 26 years ago, I was installed here at the Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church. Um, what a historic day it was for me personally. I had my two pastors here uh, preaching and sharing. Dr. E.K. Bailey uh, came that morning with the Concord Church. And Dr. A. Lewis Patterson, a man who influenced my, my preaching and teaching uh, ministry uh, as much, if not more than anybody else, um, came that afternoon with the Corinthian family, family of Mount Corinth Church, and uh, what a tremendous uh, journey it has been, and grateful to God that God gave me an opportunity to stand on the shoulders of those two men uh, to serve here, and I'm privileged and honored to be at the Good Hope Church. Uh, this is our 148th year. I'm the sixth pastor in 148 years. I still don't have the most years as a pastor here. Um, I think there are two in front of me now. 
Pastor Lucas was here 28 years, and Pastor Kimball, who was Pastor Emeritus when I came, served here for 30 years. But man, it's just been a tremendous journey, and I'm grateful to the Lord for this day. Let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on our time. Father, we thank you and we bless you for today, and we pray now that as we look at your word, uh, that you would give us insight and guidance and direction that everything that we do and everything that we say will be pleasing in your sight. Uh, It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. How long is the human attention span? Uh, There are those who are saying because of technology, our attention span has gotten shorter and shorter. In 2000, it is said that our attention span was 12 seconds. A recent study by Microsoft has shown that the average human being now has an attention span of eight seconds. Think about that, eight seconds. In fact, research from JAMP found that human attention span decreases every year by 88% every year by 88%. If you are watching via Facebook or you are streaming or you are watching on IGTV or YouTube TV, you may be surprised to know that in order for you to be counted as a view, you have to stay tuned and watch three seconds. Think about that for a minute. No, think about it for three seconds that all somebody has to do is watch for three seconds and they are counted as a view. In a nutshell, we are part of a generation of people who don't keep focus long. Now, here's the question that I want you to answer. As a matter of fact, there's several questions I want you to think about. What does this short attention span say to you about what it's going to take for you to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. How well are you going to focus when it comes to you, for example, spending time in biblical content? Will you take the time to allow God to work on you and help you mature in him? You see, my brothers and sisters, the truth of the matter is, with the few seconds that we have, with as short as our attention span is, typically we will spend that time focusing on what? Ourselves. We think about ourselves, we, 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 we focus on ourselves, and we bring that into the body of Christ as well, right? We, we pray about ourselves. We, we meditate about ourselves. When we complain about what God hasn't done, who or what are we complaining about? Typically about ourselves. But my brothers and sisters, I want you to learn a lesson today. I want you to learn a lesson that the truth of the matter is we become what we focus on. We become what we are committed to. So my question is, what are you going to focus on if all your attention span includes is eight seconds? Today, for a few moments, 
I want to continue our campaign, the joy campaign. And in the joy campaign, we are walking through the book of Philippians. Our, our sub-theme is living a joy-filled life in a troubled-filled world. And we're in Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 through 6. Today we're focused on verses 3 through 4. I want to tag this text, the focus for a joy-filled life. The focus for a joy-filled life. Now, we started off in verses 1 and 2 looking at the foundation for a joy-filled life. Now, I want us to look at this passage and see what Paul has to say to us about how to focus in order to experience joy in your life. If you have your Bibles, go to Philippians chapter 1. We'll be at verse 3. And I want to encourage you, if you have not done so, to download the outline either during the service or after, and you can print a copy for yourself and keep it in your records. Now, what's interesting is in Philippians, uh, it is one of the Pauline epistles that's called the prison epistles. And it's called the prison epistles because Paul wrote it while he was in jail. It's believed to have been written somewhere between 60 A.D. and 63, 64 A.D. And Paul does something that's very interesting in the book of Philippians. If you know anything about the book of Philippians, it is some of Paul's scriptural greatest hits. I mean, just powerful passages that undergird and encourage the body of Christ every day are found in this letter to the church at Philippi. The theme of this book is joy. Paul, over and over again, talks about joy, be joyful, rejoice in the Lord, always encouraging us around this theme of joy. And what's interesting is Paul is in a trying situation. He is in prison. He is not in a pleasant place, but in the midst of his own unpleasantness, in the midst of his own difficulty, in the midst of his own trial and tribulation, Paul says you can still have joy. And I want to encourage somebody. We are in some challenging times, but listen, even in the midst of our fight for justice, even in the midst of our fight against racism and racist practices, even in the midst of our fight against the global grief that has come because of the COVID-19 pandemic, even in the midst of our fight for our own sanity and our own safety, the Bible says you and I will we can still have joy. And so today, we're going to talk about the focus for a joy-filled life. Here's the one point that I want to share with you today, and I've got several sub-points that we'll be looking at. To live a joyful life, you must pray with a focus on the person of God and others. To live a joy-filled life, you must pray with a focus on the person of God and others. Verse 3, Philippians chapter 1, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making my prayer with joy. Paul thanks God as he prays and remembers the Philippian saints 
and he prays with joy. Now, isn't it remarkable that the Apostle Paul, in prison, awaiting trial, does not say to them, pray for me, I need you to pray for me, as much as he says, you know what, I thank God when I pray for you and think about you, and I pray with joy. Now, here's what's interesting. You might be thinking, well, the reason Paul is thanking God for the Philippians is because he had such great memories in Philippi. He, he never had any problems in Philippi, so he was thinking back on the good old days. But no, nothing is further from the truth. Actually, Philippi was a place where the apostle Paul was challenged. Philippi was a place where he was illegally arrested and beaten. Philippi was a place where he was placed in stocks and humiliated before people. He had some good times in Philippi. Stay with me. He, he recalled Lydia and her household. Uh, he recalled the poor slave girl who had been demon-possessed, who had been delivered. He, he recalled uh, the Philippian jailer who, whose Life was changed by the, by the preaching of the gospel, and his whole family was, was saved. He, he remembered some good times in Philippi, and, and here's what I need you to understand. He could celebrate with joy the church at Philippi because he chose to focus on the blessing of God that came out of Philippi and not the burden of man. See, Here's the truth of the matter. Paul chooses what he will remember and what he will focus on. So when he says, I, I'm, I'm praying for you, I'm, I'm thanking God for you, I'm, I'm, I'm praying with joy, it's not that he wasn't in a bad situation. It's not that he wasn't going through bad times. Paul said, no, this is what I choose to focus on. Let me help somebody here. Uh, joy is a choice. Yeah, joy is a choice. You, you have to choose to exercise. You have to choose to access the joy of the Lord that he makes available for your life. Every one of us, our life has been made up of good times and bad times, ups and downs. The question is not will you go through difficulties and challenges. The question is what will you focus on in your life? Uh, the challenge in these days and times, because all of us are being challenged, all of us are being pushed, all of us are being taken to the, to the edge, to, to the brink of our own breakdown. And if you would typically seek help from somebody else, guess what? They're in trouble too. The question is, what will you focus on? And Paul says, in the midst of everything that you have been through and everything that you are going through, you have a choice to focus on joy. See, when you focus on yourself, <laughs> Man, it is so easy to start having that pity party and just invite me, myself, and I and, and struggle every day to get up out of bed and struggle every day to put one foot in front of the other. When you focus on yourself, man, it is so easy to make it about you. 
And God says, no, don't, don't make it about you. Don't, don't become so egocentric in your living that you think the world revolves around you. Paul teaches us by praying to God, remembering the person of God, and praying for others. And he expresses thankfulness. And, and here's the truth. Write this down somewhere. A thankful heart can produce a joyful life. A, a thankful heart can produce a joyful life. But when your life is marked by ingratitude, when you see nothing to be thankful for, nothing to be thankful about, I promise you, you can't get the joy of the Lord. You cannot access the joy of the Lord in a spirit of ingratitude. You have to learn how to be thankful. How often when you pray do you thank God and thank God for other believers, for someone other than yourself. You know, I think some say absence makes the heart grow fonder. Uh, others have said absence makes the heart grow forgetful. But, but I would dare say that, that there are people that you miss in your life that you're not able to interact with, and, and, and you may see them. You may be uh, using virtual platforms, Zoom, StreamYard, uh, blue jeans, teams, whatever it is, and you're seeing their face or you're talking to them on the phone or maybe it's FaceTime, but, but you're not able to touch them. You're not able to connect with them, right? And, and you probably miss them. Let me ask you a question. When's the last time you, you sent somebody a letter or an email or a text and said to them, you know what, I, I, was, I was praying and God put you on my heart and I was praying for you. Just want to let you know I love you. When was the last time you stopped thinking about yourself and started thinking about somebody else and then communicated that to that person? Look at Philippians chapter 1 again, verse 3 and verse 4. He says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making my prayer with joy. I'm making my prayer with joy with joy. Paul prays with joy. Joy, a, a calm delight, an inner gladness, a, a depth of assurance and confidence that ignites a rejoicing heart. Um, that confidence is not in my circumstances, but it's in the God who is with me in all of my circumstances. He says, I make my prayer with joy. Paul is in prison. But, but, but Paul says, I have joy in my heart. Bridget Jackson, Paul says, I have joy in my heart. Sharon James, God says, I have joy in my heart. Paul, Paul says, I have joy. I have joy. Somebody asked the question, wait a minute, how could he have joy in prison? How could he have joy when he was beaten? How could he have joy when he was separated from his family members and his loved ones? Because Paul understood there was a difference between joy and happiness. See, happiness is based on what's happening, and when nothing is happening, you have no happiness. 
And one of the challenges many of us are having right now is because we have confused either directly or indirectly, intentionally or unintentionally, we have confused joy and happiness. And so because now we are staying home to stay safe, because now we can't get out into happy hour with all of the other sad people, because we can't do the things that we used to do in order to experience happiness, now we are sitting there sad, we are lonely, we are depressed, and we have lost sight of the fact that God has given us access to a joy that's independent of what's happening around us. Help me, Lord Jesus. Paul says, I, I am praying out of my joy because Paul wants us to understand that joy is a choice. Happiness many times happens by chance, but joy is a choice. And because joy is divine in nature, because joy is not you, because joy is from God, he says it is accessible no matter what you're going through, no matter when you're going through it. Joy is rooted on the inside. Happiness is based on what's going on on the outside. And even when you try to put a smile on your face, it may be there for a moment, but typically it is short-lived because it is rooted and based in the temporary. And joy is rooted in the permanent. Let me give you three things real quick, and then I'm going to let you go. Look at A, joy is divine. Joy is divine. It is possessed and given by God. Its roots are not earthly. Its roots are eternal. Its roots are not temporal. The roots of joy are heavenly. It's based on the Lord. Look at John 15, verse 11. These things I have spoken to you. This is Jesus talking. That my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Hazel, Charles, the, the Lord says, my joy, divine joy, I am making available to you that your joy may be full. He, he gives us access to an eternal joy for our earthly journey. See, see the thing that, that puzzles people about joy is because it is divine, they look at it from an earthly perspective and can't understand how you have what you have when they're looking around you and they see what you don't have. They see what you don't have, and so they're trying to figure out, based on what I see that you don't have, how are you acting the way you're acting? Because most people, in order to act the way you're acting, they need stuff to be right around them. And, and Paul says, stuff needs to be right within you. And when stuff is right within you, the joy of the Lord will be present even when happiness is nowhere to be found around you. Look at B. Joy is independent of circumstances. Not only is joy divine, but B, joy is independent of 
circumstances. Joy is independent of circumstances. Mildred, joy is independent of circumstances. Derek Randall, joy is independent of circumstances. Patrick Andrews, joy is independent of circumstances. It does not depend on circumstances. Paul says, man, I'm, I'm in prison. I've been lied on. I've been beat on. I've been mistreated. Called out my name. But Paul says, you ain't going to mess with my joy. Because joy is a personal thing between me and God. It, it's independent of my circumstances. Uh, joy overrides all circumstances, even matters of life and death. Let me give you an example. Look at 2 Corinthians 7, verse 4. I am acting with great boldness toward you. I have great pride in you. I am filled with comfort. In all our affliction, I am overflowing with joy. Wait a minute, hold on, hold on. What did you say, Paul? Paul said, in all our affliction, in the midst of everything that we are going through, Paul says, I am overflowing with joy. I'm not just accessing enough joy to get through. I've got joy that's going to help me overcome. That, that's, that's the power of joy. It's independent of circumstances. Here's the final thing. See? Joy is rooted in your relationship with and your faith in God. Toya Coleman, joy, joy is rooted in your relationship with and your faith in God. Denise, joy is rooted in your relationship with and your faith in God. D, joy is rooted. Sheila Hazley, joy is rooted in your relationship with and your faith in God. Why is joy independent of my circumstances? Why is joy available and divine? Because it is rooted in my relationship with Jesus Christ and my faith in God. Now, now let me help somebody here. I'm going to put a cord in the meter and park here for a second. Listen to me carefully. I have discovered that many times I have failed to walk in the joy of the Lord because I have neglected taking time to remember my relationship with him and taking the time to fuel my faith in God. See, when, 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 when I neglect to focus on my relationship with him, my eternal relationship, and understand that my eternal relationship is present, unchanging, unwavering, even in the midst of my earthly challenges. I'm still his child. He is still my father. I am still his child. And when I fail to nurture my faith in God. When I fail to nurture 
my trust in God, my joy begins to dissipate. Paul reminds us that joy springs from your faith in God. Your your initial salvation and your ongoing service and the divine support that God makes available to you, watch this, that may not keep you from things, but will keep you in and through the things you're going through. See, you, you can't have the joy of the Lord and experience the joy of the Lord if you're mad because you're you asking God, God, why am I going through this? Because look at what you're doing. You're focusing on you. You're not focusing on God. You're not focusing on God's will for your life. You're not focusing on God's purpose and plan for your life. You're just focusing on your immediate pain, your immediate inconvenience. Paul could not have prayed with joy if Paul was sitting there going, woe is me. Look at me. I'm in prison. I don't know why God me in prison. Paul's like, mm-mm. Man, I, I, I know God too well, seen God too many, do too many things. No, 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 no. My joy in the Lord is secure. Look at Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. So that you may abound in hope. God, fill me. You want a prayer to pray? Ask the Lord to fill you. Uh, Brenda Staten, Willa Burroughs, ask the Lord to fill you with all joy and peace. Ask God to fill you with joy. Because most of the time we're trying to fill ourselves with happiness. And Paul says, no, you you need to ask God to fill you with joy to remind you of whose you are, to remind you of who you are, and to remind you of who is on your side. Look at Psalm 16, verse 11. Wherever you are, read it with me, if you will. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is the fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Romans 14, 17, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Not not joy in the world, no, joy in the Holy Spirit. That relationship that you entered into on earth that will cover you and carry you to glory. See, he says, Lord, fill me with your your joy. Fill me with your peace. See, your fellowship with God will bring you joy. When you spend time with God and, and you remind yourself of who God is, and God reminds you that you belong to him and he's watching out for you, that will fill you with Joy, every victory that you will experience in life over sin and darkness can fill you with joy. Repentance can bring about 
joy. The hope of glory can bring you joy. God's word will bring you joy. Obeying God's word and God's commandments will give you joy. When you learn how to pray, you can pray and God can fill you with joy. When you experience the presence and fellowship of other saints, God can give you joy. But joy is never gotten when you focus on yourself. You are filled with joy when you learn how to focus on God and when you learn how to bless others. There's an old song we used to sing some years ago. This joy I have, the world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. And while it is a popular song in terms of its tune and message, it's theologically incorrect. The world can't give us joy, but you better believe the world is working hard to take your joy away. The devil wants to rob you of your joy. Bad times, if you're not careful, will rob you of your joy. Burdens will rob you of your joy. Calamities will rob you of your joy. Catastrophes will rob you of your joy. Disasters will rob you of your joy. Difficult times will rob you of your joy. Failures and fragility will rob you of your joy. Hard times and heartaches will rob you of your joy. Trials, trouble, and tribulations, if you're not careful, will rob you of your joy. And the last thing you want to do when something is trying to take your joy is to willingly give up your joy. So here's what I want to encourage you to do. Blake, I want to encourage you today. Hold on to your joy. Kim, I want to encourage you today. Hold on to your joy. Danielle, hold on to your joy. David, hold on to your joy. Misha, hold on to your joy. Understand those things that want to take your joy can only take it if you give it up. But Paul says we have the power to hold on to our joy. And I want to encourage you to hold on to it. Don't let it go. Don't give it away. And if you haven't picked it up lately, man, go pick it up. Claim it in Jesus' name. Ask God, God, fill me with your joy. And watch the Lord, watch the Lord when he fills you with joy. Listen to me carefully. When he fills you with joy, he doesn't have to change the situation that you're in. He just changes the you that's in the situation. He doesn't have to change your address. He'll just change your attitude in the house. Ask God to give you and fill you with joy and be determined to hold on to your joy. Don't let anybody, anything, or any situation rob you <laughs> of your joy. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, thank you for today. Thank you, God, for the challenge, the admonition. 
to focus for a joy-filled life. I pray now, God, that everything that's been said and everything that's been done has been pleasing in your sight. Thank you for your people. And I pray that as the Apostle Paul was able to have joy in the midst of everything he went through, take us to that place, God, of spiritual maturity, of spiritual insight, where we can rejoice in you as well. It's in Jesus' name we ask these blessings and we pray. Amen. Somebody who's watching today, I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you to make a step to change your life. The beautiful thing about our walk with Jesus, being a Christ follower, is it's not about rituals, routines, or religion. It's really about a relationship with the God who loves you so much he loves you where you are, but he loves you so much he doesn't want to leave you there. He wants to make something beautiful out of your life. Only two kinds of people in the world, people who know Jesus and people who need him. If you know him, we would love to help you grow in him. And if you need him, I want to show you how to ask Jesus Christ into your life. If you're looking for a church home, I know it's tough now because, man, COVID-19 has us locked up and locked down. Somebody asked me, when did I see us going back into church? And I'll be perfectly honest with you, I don't, I don't see us coming back like we used to be pre-COVID before 2021. I just don't think it's going to happen. And we're seeing a resurgence of this virus. We've already buried one member of our church who died of COVID-19. We've had another five or six, seven who have been infected with the virus. And I'm not interested in doing any more funerals to try to prove a point to people who are not insightful enough to know that God has given them good sense. I've had friends who have buried 20, 25 people who have died because of COVID-19. He's an online God. We're going to trust him. And we're going to facilitate your discipleship on a virtual platform. And that's what we want to do to help you to continue to grow and, and make it through this and to build relationships on various virtual platforms. That's why the Joy Campaign is so important. And I want to encourage those of you who are not part of a small group to sign up. Go to our website and sign up and become part of a Joy Campaign group. We have 25 to 30 groups, I think, right now that are up and running. And listen, because you're not traveling, because you don't have to go to anybody's home, you can just sign up and become a part of that group virtually and let God bless you as he blesses others in the family. Wherever you are in the world, man, you can start a small group where you are. The lessons are there. The discussion questions are there online. The messages are there. Everything that you need to start a small group is there. So I want to encourage you to do that. If you don't know the Lord, I want to give you an opportunity to ask the Lord Jesus Christ into your life. To say to the Lord, Lord, I need you. Maybe life has taken you to a place now where God has let you know you need somebody bigger than you are to help you handle life, that you can't make it by yourself. If you want to ask the Lord Jesus Christ into your life, I want you to pray this prayer with me. If you need assurance of your salvation, maybe you're not sure if you're saved, 
I want you to know, that's what the Bible says, you should know that you've been saved. I want to give you that opportunity today. Let's go to God in prayer. If you know the Lord, I want you praying for somebody else. They may not be in your home. They may be in your home. They may be next door. They may be around the world watching this broadcast. Pray that God will move in their hearts. And if you need the Lord, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. I want to turn away from my sinful life to the life you have planned for me. Please forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from my past and make me new. I know your son, Jesus Christ, died for me. I believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead. At this very moment, I accept, confess, and proclaim Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior to live in my heart from this day forward. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. My brother, my sister, we believe that it is done. Now, you may not feel different, but guess what? Salvation is not about feeling. It's about faith. It's about belief in what the Lord has said in his word. If you accept the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. I want to encourage you to become part of a Bible teaching, Bible preaching, Bible practicing church. And until then, man, we welcome you to join us on the journey virtually. Let us know. Go to our website. Let us know. You know what? I made a decision. As a matter of fact, if you just accepted Christ, go to our website, download our app. You will find a place there that says, I just became a Christian. Now what? I just got saved. Now what? And there are five steps that we want to encourage you to take as you begin your walk with the Lord. To all of our church members, all of our family, man, thank you for being with us. For those of you who are visiting and sharing with us, we hope and pray that you've been blessed, that you've been encouraged and helped along the way. Man, if something didn't go right, if you didn't quite feel that connection, the only thing we can do is ask you to tune in next week. We'll try to do better next time. Remember, God is doing something wonderful in you. I believe God is doing something in me. Let God do something wonderful in you. Until next time, God bless is my prayer. God is doing something wonderful in me. God is doing something wonderful in me. Something awesome and incredible that only He will give the glory. God is doing something wonderful, incredible and awesome. God is doing something wonderful in me. Come on, everybody, let's say it together. God is doing. Come on. God is doing something wonderful in me. Sing it for yourself. God is doing something wonderful in me. Something awesome and incredible that only He will get the glory. God is doing.
find something wonderful, incredible and awesome. God is doing something wonderful in me. Come on, look at somebody, if you will. Give them an air high five. Tell them God is doing something wonderful in you. Come on, encourage a family member today. God is doing something wonderful in you. God is doing something wonderful in you. Something awesome and incredible. Only he will get the glory. God is doing something wonderful, incredible and awesome. God is doing something wonderful so in you. Wonderful. So wonderful. So marvelous. So marvelous. So beautiful. on the outside and it's showing up on 